0: Welcome to another edition of Soundcheck Flicks. My name is Tim Piles. I got my man, Graham Stevens. Today on the podcast, we're talking about the 1986 film Aliens, written and directed by James Cameron, with our illustrious guest, Sulo King, of authentic sellout, formerly of Icon Sound. And what else? What else should people know about Sulo King? I know you used to have a a valet service. Valet parking. You're right, (laughs) right. And I used to run brick by brick. Oh, yeah. And I used to work at Kanes back in the day, Mission Little Beach. Little thug rolling around in a golf cart. Yep, when
1: I was 20 years old. That's actually how we met.
0: I know. Yep. All those years ago, when when all those those big, big security guards took you under their wing, and there you were. I started the year. They had the
1: MTV Beach House, uh, so that was an interesting summer to start that's, working that's there. That's when I met
0: Britney Spears there at the Beach House, I think.
1: I met <laughs> like. <laughs> did you really? I did. Yeah. <laughs> You never told me that story. We'll have to talk about
0: that. Well, Sulo, what a career, man. How old were you when you started working at uh, Cane's? I was 20 because you only had to be 18 to drive the golf cart there. Um,
1: I went originally like maybe a week before I got the job. I went to go see this band Kitty, this all-female metal band that were in their young teens, and I was pretty stoked, and uh, I didn't really care for the openers. Um, One of them happened to be Disturbed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and um i started talking to the security guard out front he's like hey man i just turned 21 you seem like a cool cat uh i can get you this job driving the golf cart you only have to be 18 to uh, drive it how old are you i was like 20 and he's like cool and when he turned 21 i was like not for another year he's like awesome let's do this and the next thing you know uh he walks up to the security manager talks to him, comes back, he's oh you got the job. I was all just like that. He's like, Dude, this is the easiest job in the world. <laughs> you roll around in a golf cart once every fifteen minutes in this parking lot and let us know if you come across anything. And I was like, All right. And the rest was all history and that was my foot in the door in the music industry. And that's how we met. Sure. And it's awesome to be here all these years later.
0: Let's you just know? talk about the South Mission, the Mission Beach parking lot, though, and how crazy that place is and can oh, be. Oh my the history, God! And the history with the cane security. Even gosh, that was a. There was a moment in time when there was supposedly a bunch of Nazis. I was working there, there right?
1: during that time. Yeah. they were. Uh, there was punk rock kids boycotting us, calling us Nazis. Not me, because right. I was kind of like you know, the ally. You know? Yeah. And everyone was for some reason. I felt like like Lucy from the Peanuts. Everyone would kind of just sit in my golf cart and start <laughs> spilling their guts to me, especially all the drunks that get kicked out. Uh, but, yeah, that there was a lot of craziness going on with that. In fact, Eric Lightstein, the owner of Cane's, tried to hire the kid that spearheaded that whole you know,
0: that, okay. campaign and ag- sure, calling against- everyone Nazis because yeah.
1: he was so impressed by his marketing skills.
0: That, that was a uh, great venue, and uh, I, I saw some amazing shows. Not Disturbed, thank goodness, but uh, <laughs> I want to say Turbo Negro, Blur. Uh, God, that, that was such a fun time. I mean, it actually got me to, down to the beach quite a mm-hmm. bit at that period because I'm just not a frequent beach goer. But, man, the bands loved playing down there because they were yeah. on the boardwalk, especially you have the bands from all over Europe coming to play at that venue. And uh, it was interesting, definitely a, a fun time, and, and I enjoyed to see quite a few sunsets around that period and then a great yeah. band at the club, yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun and got to meet a lot of my heroes and yeah, get an early
1: taste for it. Uh, before I started going from you know being security to booking them, so, sure, it was a great start.
0: Well, here today, talking about your favorite film, a film that is probably one of the few films to surpass the original film in its uh, creativity, box office success, and many other things. But Alien is, of course an amazing film, but this comes along and changes a lot, right? I mean, it... it Absolutely.
2: It, it, we might be talking about the greatest sequel ever. That yeah. I mean, that was better possibly than the original. And the original is unreal. I mean, it's just it's amazing. Great thriller. The bar was set so high on that first one. You're asking yourselves, how on earth could they beat this? And it's like a John Wick thing. They they may have.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's pretty simple, really. More aliens and one big, badass motherfucking alien. <laughs> the and mother. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it still holds up today, too. It's a definitely an immortal classic. I remember I waited three hours in line at Comic-Con to try to get into the 30th anniversary panel uh, that they had with James Cameron, the producers, Gorney Weaver, and the entire main cast. Uh, Fortunately, I did not get in, but... They did uh, put the whole thing on, on YouTube and, and watching it and, and talking about it, you know, just hearing, like, the fans, like, interact with them and being like, this is, like, the greatest action movie ever made. And, you know, uh, if you look at all the, the classic, you know, props and sets and animatronics that they had, you know, it still holds up if you watch it today as a, as a great action flick. In fact, I like it better than most of these action movies that they're putting out because, to me, a lot of these action movies that are coming out now are way too fast-paced, and by the time someone's ass is kicked, you're like, what just happened? Like, I'm about
0: to have a freaking aneurysm over here. Yeah, you know, there's got to be moments Too overwhelming.
2: There's too much CGI. Yeah.
0: Way too Gosh, much. Gosh, I love uh, miniaturized sets and using the the models, you know, and how they do that and how that that works. And it works really well for me, you know, visually. And it's analog, you know? it's It's the... the Force perspective and the way they use what they have it i i enjoy seeing how they do that
1: yeah and then how are you going to follow up a classic like ridley scott's alien which was like the ultimate thriller and you know did so well and uh became such a cult classic like early on in fact like sigourney weaver turned down all these offers from 20th century fox uh because she just wasn't impressed with like He had no, um, with any of the scripts and just had no desire to really return to the character Ripley, but it was James Cameron that really said, Hey, I wrote this whole movie centralized around you and, you know, look at it now. I mean, that was like the first, you know, major like female action star. Sure. If you really think about it. I mean, now it's more commonplace. But right. back then, you know. But
0: between she was,
2: that and Terminator. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah. that was the moment where, where she got a million dollars. Like, that was a big deal that she got a million to come back. And she got part of the profits, yep. too. So that was like a really big thing that hadn't been done for an actress before. It is kind of the mainstream moment where you have this big action star. Linda Hamilton was right before that. But she isn't a big action star in the first one. No. Right. She, just at the end. Yeah. You know, you did have Pam Greer back in the 70s. And you had the the early martial arts films had a lot of women who were the heroes and kicking all the guys' asses, like back in the 60s and early 70s right. martial art movies. So there was a little bit of in the DNA of women as the heroes before that, but she was definitely the one that took it to the mainstream. She yeah. was the one. I mean, I have a dog named Ripley. Are you kidding me? My dog is named Ellen Ripley. I mean, That's I, rad. Yeah, and uh. I'll call her out when she does something. Ellen Ripley, she gets the full name. Like, But yeah, that's how much we love this movie. There's a cult of people I've ran mm-hmm. into two other people who have named their dogs Ripley, and it was for the same reason, so. Actually, Frank's dog is named Ripley. Ripley
1: as (laughs) well.
0: Well, watching it just yesterday, I watched the the extended version, which adds the 17 minutes to the film, which does two things. It tells the backstory a little bit about Newt and and about the, the colonists and what's going on there, but then you find out about Ripley's daughter, and she figures out that Her daughter's dead because she's been in in stasis for 57 years, and so she had told her daughter she would come back. That was supposed to have been when her daughter was 11 years old, which is, what, Newt was like 11 years old, I think, probably, in the the film.
3: Eric here with a producer's note. Newt was supposed to be about 6 or 7 years old, uh, played by Carrie Henn, who was 8 or 9 years old during filming
0: the correlation between all these things is, is very and interesting
2: and they cut that scene out of the movie uh the theatrical version that's tough but you know Sigourney was upset
0: about that Yeah, yeah but it sets so much for her motivation yeah and because it was her, her the mom
1: end, that they used for the picture too
0: yeah that's sigourney's yeah. mom yeah. is it okay yeah but yeah that totally i mean feeds into why the hell she would go back in to save that little girl you know there's extra motivation because of what
2: yeah she you know. lost her chance yeah. with her own daughter yeah
0: um, But yeah, uh, that film. Michael Bean is so friggin' badass. Bill Paxton is one of the most hilarious motherfuckers ever. I just, I, I, love watching both those guys on screen. Even though Michael Bean doesn't, he's just cool as fuck. He doesn't really say much in the movie. And at he all. was cast like really late
1: into production. Yeah, there was somebody They're else that got in production. For drugs or something, right? They been filming for two weeks, mm-hmm. and one of the guys from the the Warriors, I can't. Uh, James Remar. Yep. Ajax. J- yep. Uh, was cast and you know something happened and they didn't like he got caught with drugs the yeah, yeah. in England out later right in England yeah. that ain't yeah. good yeah and then Michael Bean got cast last minute and absolutely killed it now looking back
2: I can't imagine that with James Ramar in that role no I mean no. Michael know. Bean and Sigourney Weaver have
0: a great chemistry together
2: mm-hmm. yeah. James Remar was always more of a tough guy. Like,
0: you see I a slight love interest between, like he's the yin to her yang almost. Yeah, you could
1: see the, the little bit of the, the sexual chemistry. In fact, going back to the movie Alien, uh, there was, you know, this, a bunch of fan theory and written actually early on, we found out later uh, in the early drafts of the script that uh, Ripley had, you know, actually been, there was a cut sex scene having an affair with the captain of the Nostromo. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it was interesting to see that kind of sexual tension. And as a fan watching the film, you're kind of, you know, hoping that Ripley and, and, you know, Hicks are going to hook up.
0: Yeah. Why couldn't they in this film, like we were talking about, (laughs) fast time to screw around? Why can't they do that in all films? Like, just add a little. End of story thing like, oh, Ripley and, and Newt went on to live no, a happy I life like together. To... Like... <laughs> I like the interpretation. <don't>, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's I'm not okay the movie it. you do that
2: in. Well, also, at the end of the movie, that when they're in those hypersleep things, I'm just thinking to myself, that's my happy ending. Because my happy ending is them going back to Earth and raising Newt as their daughter. Right. That, to me, is what happens. That's Because sure. Alien 3 doesn't exist yeah. to me. I hate that film. It just, <laughs> I saw it one time. It's terrible so to me they went home and lived happily ever after all three of them
1: yes i do like david they, finch i'll give him
2: that i love know. david fincher but, but that, that movie trash. was
1: that movie was you, you know I'll, I'll give you that I, I wouldn't go as far as saying it was trash it was still watchable and mainly just because you know you had the ellen ripley character and was gorney weaver coming back to portray it but yeah i kind of wish they didn't make alien 3 yeah, i definitely wish know? they had not made it yeah. she got a
2: lot of money for it though
1: yeah, and I mean she wanted her character to end, and like I Is said, that the she one did- in the
2: prison. Yeah. Yeah. Oh.
1: yeah. I mean that, that production was doomed from the beginning. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. But you know they, they even came out with Aliens Colonial Marines, a video game uh, about 10 years ago, and it was supposed to be canon where you find out that Hicks actually lives, and they uh, Whalen yutani Corporation put like a uh, someone as a double for his body. And then by the time you end up beating the game, you get this like video message from Hicks. Michael Bean came back and voiced the character. It was pretty oh. cool. I mean, the uh, AI on it was a little wonky and got trashed by a, a lot of Aliens fans, but it was a fun game to play. You well, know, you get to fight an alien queen and everything. You know? An <laughs> alien queen. Yeah.
2: Who's your alien queen?
1: <laughs> I don't have one right oh, now. All right. <laughs>
2: so I had a question. So I obviously it's yours. But for you, Piles, is outside of Star Wars, because I know you're a big Star Wars freak. Sure. Where was this one ranked at the top of your sci-fi films of all time? That is a good question. Because I was I was thinking about this last night when I was rewatching it for the third time. And I got to the end of it. And that final scene, I'm just like, this is number one on my list. Like non-Star Wars space. Sure, film, sure. This is number one. This is definitely my number one. I agree. I agree with Sulo here. It's incredible. Uh, Flash Gordon. I don't have, a, I don't have, a, there's no flaw in this movie. No. And it's a mean motherfucker. Yeah. Like, I mean, they
0: get, they go down there onto lv 426 My complaint is they had a Jewish Moroccan girl play a Chicano in the film. They could have had a real Chicano girl. But Nick. I did I admire about, that she she studied some gang culture and slang to learn to be able to play Vasquez, that role better. Janet Goldstein, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Goldstein. She spent several hours under makeup to get rid of her freckles.
1: Yeah, that's true. But I still, kind of. she him. was
0: so badass.
2: She kicked ass.
0: Yeah.
1: she
2: killed it. I love when well, her females and, are represented. Her and Bill tough. Paxton are the two that make an impression. Yeah, yeah. Because like, and Bill, damn, like this is the breakout for him. Because, like, right before this, he has Weird Science in yeah. his chat. Yeah. You know. He's Just amazing. Dick. Oh. How crazy is it that his first two big roles are so quotable? Like, he's the thing you quote from Weird Science. He's the thing you quote from this. Like, he, game over, Did you man. see
0: that, too? You know, he's the only one. Three people have been killed by a predator, an alien. And a Terminator. And a Terminator. And that's Bill Paxton. And Bill Paxton is one of those people. Yep. Killed by all
2: three. He's amazing, and he said they have that scene that gets cut out where they're doing the drop onto the planet, and he's just spitting fire. He's just talking about how badass they are, and he's talking about all the nukes on board, yeah. and all the heavy machinery oh, they and got, he's getting all hyped up. Yeah, yeah, he's a big swinging yeah. dick, and this is what happened. You know, it's funny that uh, right before this, uh, Cameron's writing First Blood Part Two, Rambo. And the whole thing of that is that they go back into Vietnam to get the POWs, and it's all the Vietnam War story. Well, he says this movie is the Vietnam War, and the Marines are the cocky Americans rolling into environment. They've underestimated their opponent. They don't know anything about them. You know, they violated Sun Tzu's rules right away. You don't know your enemy. You're on their turf. Yeah. And they they have superior firepower, and they get their asses handed to them. Like, and Cameron says
0: this was, uh, you know, based kind of loosely on what happened in the Vietnam War. What was Ripley's nickname? Because she was Rambolina, or there was, I read something in really? comparison to Rambo. Yeah, she they, they, there's a nickname for her, being I like do. a female Rambo.
1: Yeah, but like I said, man, she she really put, you know, the female hero on the map back then. And I can only say so many times that movie still holds up today. Yeah. And I was lucky enough to see it in a movie theater. That was one of the most amazing cinema experiences ever. I wish I could have been, you know, old enough to go see it when it came out in the theaters back in the
0: 80s. I mean, I think that might have been the last time I saw it other than yesterday. It was probably in theaters. But I have such vivid memories of Ripley in The Loader, in that big loader thing. You know, that all stands out. Um, And then, what's his name? The douchebag, the corporate douchebag in his first... His first role. Paul Reiser. Yeah, that's his first big role before he goes on to superstardom plays as well. He a great scumbag. Oh,
1: yeah. I, I heard in the screening uh, of the film, uh, he had his family next to him, that his sister elbowed him, or actually punched him in the gut and said, you you deserved that. <laughs> and, then, and then the mom was like, you deserved what you got in this film. He got <laughs> off light. Because he was light. so convincible. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, he got uh-huh. off light, frankly. Cause have you seen the still photo of him getting cocooned? Mm-hmm. There was an alternate... Uh, way they were going to do it where when Ripley goes back in to get Newt she runs across Burke and oh. he's in the wall being uh, impregnated right. and he begs for mercy you know that he can feel it inside of himself and she hands him a grenade and keeps she doesn't moving. say anything uh, she
1: hands him the grenade and just casually walks off like it, it's so classic I wish they would have kept it in there I wish they would have kept it in because it's what he deserved
2: yeah. actually that's he, did, in he the deserved worse version, than that even
0: but that's not in the extended version not even I in the
1: extended right.
2: version they cut it all together because Cameron it, didn't like the way it they
1: put it as a deleted scene in
0: like one of the Blu-ray releases. Are some of those yeah. deleted scenes on YouTube? Like, oh yeah, other yeah, ones? yeah, you yeah, can find yeah. them. Okay, yep. And I f- love that scene. She's because that's not in the original film. She's sitting in the in the the v the virtual reality. She's sitting in that space that's like a virtual reality park. Right. That's not in the original. Oh no, no. no. yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah. She's like that's sitting on fi- a bench. That's where we
1: find out about her mom. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her mom. Daughter. Patterson. And daughter. she daughter. just missed that window by like. Who was her years. mom in the photo? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Which yeah. is interesting. They're easy to pick out. It's yeah. that scene. It's the stuff with Newt's family. Yeah. Um. There's a, there's a scene where they're setting up those remote guns to fire yeah. Yeah, yeah. when
0: they're in the siege yeah. towards the end.
2: A lot uh, of that was
0: added in. They those for that. Yeah, I was reading about that. The um, What was another scene?
1: Uh, you, you had an encounter with Bishop and an alien in, in the duct when he's going to oh, set wow. up the remote. Uh, that was very hard to... to find um i remember seeing it you on know, one of those special edition releases as a deleted scene yeah yeah but uh that was cool to see uh but yeah i mean even with the special edition you only had 17 minutes of additional footage which was cool but there's still so much deleted footage that's probably still out there we haven't even
2: seen well this know. is James cameron i mean yeah. we did the abyss uh with our buddy Oz yeah. a while back yeah. and his sets are just mayhem I mean, if they get it done, and he's, yeah. a, he's a genius. The thing with him is he, you know, I mean, we had him on Escape from New York. He's painting backdrops, and we had him on Rock and Roll High mm-hmm. School. He's just running around the set. Like, he could do your job, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. Like, when you're not doing your job on yeah. his set, he's yeah. going to walk up and let you know, hey, I've done that job, and you suck at this.
0: So they that's shot this at the studios where they shoot a lot of the Star Wars stuff, the Pinewood Studios, yep. right? And guess what they do in England? They fucking take tea time mm-hmm. and he would get pissed because every day they would take tea breaks Twice. And, and he would, they, they, that's not how American filmmaking operated. And so it was very difficult for them to understand and relate. There was so much cultural differences and that presented a big problem. Well,
1: not just that is there was a lot of the original crew that worked on alien and they were all sided with Ridley and thought it was almost an, ab- an abomination yeah, sure, that they were sure. doing a,
2: a sequel without him.
1: Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it really is Ridley's baby, you
2: know, but he had had the Terminator out by then. And he 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 sets up a screening for those guys, the crew, to watch what he's done so he can convince them that it's okay. I'm the guy. They don't even show up. (laughs) Like, I mean, they didn't even show up to watch Terminator. Like there was genuine dislike on that crew. They didn't like Gail Ann Hurd, his wife, who was the producer, because they thought she was just his wife because yeah. so boy, yeah you're nobody actually yeah. she's a talented woman as well she's oh, produced time. a lot of ton yeah. of great shit so they were you know disrespecting her and even michael bain and bill paxton those guys on the commentary laugh at the work ethic of the english crew it's not just the tea time thing they they call them lazy sure like and yeah. they're just not used to our 12 hour work days you know they, they they're like teamsters they want all their benefits they're only going to work these minutes and fuck you oh, yeah like and that's how they behaved and it was a tense set they had some stuff go on on the set during the course of it one of the things with remar i like in the week that he was there was he had the pump shotgun that that hicks has and there's a point when they're just fucking around on the set and he fired off a shot that blew a hole in the wall it went into another studio it went into a little house shop yeah, of horrors which horse. was shooting next door <laughs> and al matthews who plays capone is like how did you get live ammunition Like, Apone is a real Marine. He was one of the first black sergeants in combat in the U.S. Marines in Vietnam. He's a real deal... Badass He was the first black sergeant to get yeah, promoted as sergeant. Absolutely. Yeah. And and so he's like, Where'd you get that round, dude? Like, I gotta think that had something to do with Remar, you know, being a cokehead or whatever. Right, was, right. Like, Cause <laughs> that was that sounds like something done on drugs. Like Right, right. But you know, and there he, should be no live rounds on a set. They had a uh, the uh the personnel carrier caved in at one point while they were filming a scene and Gorman got hit. Uh
0: that was built on a seven forty seven like one of the trucks that they used to move. They were planes so at the airports. Heavy. I think British
1: yeah. Airways used it, and they had to remove like because uh, it was like seventy tons or something like that. They removed like a like thirty tons of it because uh, and reinforced the floors so it wouldn't <laughs> cave in because it was so heavy. Man, the APC.
0: Yeah, I would <laughs> like to see it on a big screen again. You know, when you watch some of the the. The special effects don't always age as well. Most of it does, but there's there's a few things that you know, just like the plane, the 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 airships flying through space, they look a little disconnected from it. You know, I know it's different than the Star Wars films. I can uh, tell you
1: firsthand, it looks
3: badass on a movie screen. Yeah, I
0: mean, sometimes that's what I wonder. Sometimes you know, when you watch some of these films on a small screen, it's uh, just maybe doesn't work as well you want to see it on the big screen
1: back to the future was like another one that i saw uh on the big screen and still holds up pretty well yeah special effects wise for sure yeah
2: uh we're music guys we got to talk about the soundtrack so it's james horner uh one of the cool things about the 80s was that these (sighs) these super talented guys like basil paul and and james horner they were getting action movies like that, you know, John Williams and these guys, these others, Elmer Bernstein and all these other guys had kind of sucked the oxygen out of the room. And so for these guys wanted a shot, you know, James Horner had to do battle beyond the stars and then he did some star Trek movies. He had to pay his dues before he got to aliens. He did crawl. Yeah. Yeah, There you go.
1: In fact, I hear they're remaking that movie. Crawl. Oh Oh, my God.
2: (laughs) So James Horner growing up with James Horner, I got to admit, he's my favorite composer. Like I love the guy and it, Probably starts around this time with Aliens. But, I mean, he did Glory, Field of Dreams, Commando, Legends of the Fall. I mean, Braveheart is my favorite. But, you know, and everyone knows him for Titanic. That's where he just went next level. Right, right. Enormous. And, but and of course, I hate that one. But he, uh, you know, sadly died in a single plane crash like eight years ago or so. Oh, yeah. uh, He was was prolific. I mean, after Titanic... He yeah. was. You look at his IMDb, and your it's eye popping. Like he does so many movies. Was he in an experimental plane? Or yeah, was the, it was okay. one of those single, yeah, single seat, all that, and uh, it was just such a loss because the guy's incredible. I mean, he he his two Academy Awards, were, of course, both for Titanic, but he was nominated for Aliens for this one.
0: One of the other actors uh, died in a in an aircraft accident, a parachute accident, tip, tipping. One of the uh, private. Oh yeah. yeah,
1: that's right. He, uh, he was one of the a TV show or something, and that was
0: like in '93. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. right. It wasn't that much long. I mean, the film came out '86. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
2: But you know, Cameron, being the taskmaster that master that he is, we don't have three drownings on this set, thank God. <sighs> but they did fire the cinematographer like a week or two into the shoot because he was, you know, he was lighting it quite brightly and yeah. james cameron is like why are you using such bright lights and then his name is dick bush, dick bush. <laughs> and uh, yeah snicker and then uh you know they fire him because he's just doing it his way and he's not listening to cameron cameron's it's like sounded beat
0: it. like a bunch of those dudes would not necessarily take his direction very well and do what they thought was right and then he'd be like what the fuck dude yep. like you just wasted our whole day no this is not i you am know, this is where Stupid Americans. Yeah, well, he's a perfectionist. He's not <laughs> yeah. going to take
2: any shit. I mean, but like he wants you said, exactly that, that's his a way. guy
0: that he did every job in filmmaking. Yeah. So he knows how to do it and how it should be done right. It's like
2: Prince. He can walk up to you on stage and take your instrument away and play it better than you and hand it back to you. Like, that's James Cameron. He's yeah. just that dude.
0: I actually got
1: to see him in person once, James Cameron. I was at uh, an Oscars after party that he did, and... Uh, Chris Leva had a whole people <laughs> inviting me up to it. Sure. He was working for S- Sapporo at the time. Yeah, yeah. He gives me a two hour notice. Of course I have to drive. I and mean, I, I was like, James Cameron's Oscars after party. Let's go. And we went up there and when we were walking in, uh James Cameron was about as far away as that camera is from me right now. Like literally ten feet. And he stops and he looks at me and we kind of just like have this exchange of looks, like, you know, one of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just nodding like, what's up? And, uh, and he cracks his genuine smile, and I'm not going to lie, it made me a little giddy inside, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, that's fucking James Cameron. That's like my hero of filmmaking right there. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he created some of the most iconic movies of this time. You know, I love The Abyss. I love The Terminator. I, I love Aliens, obviously. You You love James Cameron, yeah, and it was really cool, you know, to witness that and see that. You could just—he didn't offer you a film role. (laughs) No, but uh, I did meet a casting agent (laughs) for music videos. I can see
0: Sulo King as an action hero. (laughs) Sulo (laughs) King defeats the alien. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Oh man. So, did you get an autograph or a photo? No, no, I, I didn't want to bother him.
1: He was on his way out, and then Halle Berry was like right behind him. I got to see her too. Don't
0: try to talk to her; she might punch you.
1: Uh, no, but I Sean Penn looked at me like he wanted to punch me.
0: <laughs> Sean Penn, really?
1: Because yeah. he saw how Charlize Theron smiled at me.
0: <laughs> I didn't <laughs> like Damn, that very Sula. much. Maybe you should move to
1: Hollywood. <laughs> I'd probably be a A-list by now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what list that is uh, an A-list of, but I'll agree with you. Um, So how many times do you think you've seen this movie? Oh, God. More than I can count. You have it on DVD? I have
1: not only on DVD. I still have the VHS. I have Blu-ray versions, multiple Blu-ray versions. Do you have a Laserdisc version of it? No, No. but, you know, I, I...
0: Do you own any Laserdiscs in your collection? I know you can't watch them, Graham, but... Do you have any? Oh, hell no. no.
1: Come on, man. That stuff went out in the 90s. But the LaserDisc version <laughs> does have some See? scenes in there that were not included in the special editions.
0: See what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you want to have it all, mm-hmm. yeah. you got to have it all. It's not I, all on YouTube. I do have a ton of alien stuff.
1: I have a life-size facehugger. I have mm-hmm. a bunch of alien books. In fact,
0: I'm wearing a Weyland-Yutani is shirt. That, what is this a reference to anything? Or is this? I'm just very confused. That's the company. I know, but where does that come from? What is it just a made up company or what yes. do you think? Do you think there's any I mean Well in the first film it, there was they just called it
1: the company or the okay. network. They didn't make any references to it. Whaling Weyland- yutani was created during the, the shooting of Aliens. So who's Mr. Whalen or Mrs. Well, and so
2: Cameron figured that it would be a multinational corporation
0: that okay. would
1: do things like this. At that that level,
3: would terraform
2: you know, go out in space and look for things. And so, yeah, he just imagined it that way. So he's the one that came and up And you with see the hints of it, like who is behind it in
1: the AVP films. Uh, actually, Lance Henriksen uh, was, played Bishop 2 in Alien 3, and then he played uh, a Wayland in the first Alien vs. Predator. And then at the end of AVP 2, Requiem... You see uh, who's behind Utani. Uh, they retrieve one of the like uh, plasma cannons from the Predator from the crash ship.
0: So, yeah. Uh, Did you watch the most recent uh, Predator film in Pray. Uh, in uh, in, um, in the native language?
1: I have not watched it in the native language, but that's really cool that they you did said it you like did, that. You watched it, didn't yeah. It?
2: I I put it in Cherokee because it's yeah. on the extras, mm-hmm. and then you can close caption your TV. Just do it through your TV, and you can still get the English words on the screen. Sure, sure. That was for me. That was the way to
0: watch it. I loved the movie. I thought it was fantastic. If you ask me, that's fucking genius. It, you know why don't they do stuff like that more often? That's so forward that thinking, film, and respectful.
1: That film revived the whole Predator franchise because. There was all this talk about, you know, the, the film before it. You know, Shane Black's coming back. He not only was in the original Predator, but he also, you know, co-wrote the original Predator. And, he, you know, it was all hyped up. He had a decent cast. Um, it was an okay film. Yeah. It, it, well, I mean, the ending events were too similar to what had already previously just come yeah. out the year before, Alien Covenant. Um, which I thought was a good film. And that got trashed. At the same time, you know, it's just it's
0: it's always tough to follow up a film. And that's what makes this one so great, because like we said, it alien is is one of the best films. But a second film, the sequel to to, is there. Can you think of any other film? No, Uh, maybe maybe? Tron
1: Legacy is the only other one.
2: OK,
0: yeah, um, there's not a lot like this
2: is top five for sure. If I
1: mean, it's not Tron Legacy one. did
0: not do very well box office no, but wise. It's got but, a
2: big
1: cult following. But
0: you're a big Tron fan, as I am, yep. of course. Yep. So. We have a love. We want these stories to be told. We want that's what is amazing about the Star Wars stuff, because now, I mean, I'm over inundated with Star Wars stories. Mm-hmm. I have more Star Wars Besi- stories to watch than besides
1: maybe Star Wars. Ever. I think Aliens
0: is the best sequel to ever come out. Straight sequel.
1: I know. Um, I can't think of anything else that can really compare to that and still hold up.
0: I mean, we have to talk about Geiger and, and the fact that this, the visual aspects of this whole world and these creatures would not exist if it wasn't for H.R. Geiger. Right. And mm-hmm. what he does to make this one of the scariest things you've ever experienced in your life on film, scarier than Jason, Michael Myers, any of them. This is just a eating machine that wants to put an embryo in your body. <laughs>
1: Oh man! Have you been up to uh, the the pop up museums for H.R. Geiger? No, no. Yeah, there were there was supposed to be one that was going to happen, and then COVID happened up in L.A. Um, and then there's even a H.R. Uh, Geiger bar. Oh, Um I what is that? I can't remember what country it is. In Switzerland. Thank you. <laughs> I knew someone in this room would know. <laughs> what did Eric want to add to this? Yeah, what, what, what do you want to add, Eric? I, I understand oh. that you love aliens as much as we all do. I mean, these are his action do. figures.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's, I mean, it's my favorite movie franchise of all time, but uh, I was just going to comment, add to stuff if something was brought up. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just one of the greatest franchises ever and one of the greatest survival, ongoing survival stories ever written. And that's the cool thing about that universe i mean no one is good every every human faction can be just as evil as the as the uh, creatures themselves as the xenomorphs well yeah i think they even referenced that uh, like who's more evil you or them yeah yeah Yeah, that was in some of the advertising campaigns but i mean like the expanded universe you know it's no no one's everything is ambiguous uh like uh, like carter burke uh for the company you know he's just there to collect a sample he's not there to save Hadley's hope
1: yeah and they made a <laughs> reference towards him and he's like you don't see them fucking each other for a, pay- a paycheck <laughs>
2: yeah I have a I have a question for you about Burke as far as that sure so there's some of Ripley's uh when they find Ripley you know they have the date the flight data from the ship she was on mm-hmm. now some of it was erased or something or didn't come back or was messed with like because when she has her little hearing with that committee and they're like Censoring her and telling her, you know, she's possibly in trouble for destroying their ship and
3: all that. Did they destroy some of the data from her ship, or did Burke? Uh, I mean, Wayland yutani as a company will hide whatever they need to to get what they want. I mean, that whole uh, scene where she's having the uh, oh, oh, that 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 meeting to see if she can keep her uh, pilot's license and uh, and keep her job. I mean, they just manipulated it to make her look bad to put the blame yeah. on her. But yeah, it's in canon, uh, uh, for the aliens franchise. Yeah, they obscured some information, and in the like the recent books and stuff, uh, Ash survived, transferred himself to the uh, to to the uh, Narcissus, the the escape uh, ship, and uh, transferred and erased some information.
2: Okay, and yeah. then so also they set this up as a rescue mission for these settlers at Hadley's Hope. And they so they fly down there to do this, and then you know they act like they um, they didn't know anything was going on. But how could Burke not know anything was going on when they have those face huggers in the science lab already?
3: They already oh, yeah. knew they were there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Basically, once they got the uh, it, it. So her being found, and then uh, the the Jordan family with uh, uh, Ann and Russ, uh, who is Newt's parents, and her brother Timmy. All of that stuff's kind of happening at the same time at the beginning of the film, which, as you said, in the extras, they they uh, had the scenes of her and her family on Hadley's Hope going out to the derelict and uh, uh, Russ getting a face hugger and all that. But they got the coordinates of where the derelict ship is from the from the narcissist, the escape ship's information, which was all the stuff uploaded from the Nostromo from the first film.
2: So Burke knew all of this. Oh yeah, and Burke. was hiding it from the marine crew and Ripley and everyone.
3: One hundred percent. Yeah, he yeah, knew what was going on. Weyland
1: Yutani already sent the Nostromo there. That was not an SOS distress call. Mm-hmm. Ash yeah. like briefly discloses that before they destroy him, and then um, they already knew that something was there. You know, an yeah. alien specimen. So what boggles my mind? Why did it take them fifty-seven years? What did they just need? You know, Ripley to confirm, oh, yeah, that, that, that there's alien life there, you know.
3: Yeah, that's that's still well, a, a I mean, because like, what, Two man. weeks
1: later, like all these uh, events, you know, happen all of a sudden. Yeah, she was, which is interesting, you know, how it's, she was
3: in stasis and survived that long. It's kind of explained away in the, the books and comics that, you know, they didn't have the exact information. Which that's like, like Russ or uh, Newt's parents, Russ and Ann, were what they called wildcatters, like surveyors for the company. Mm. So they established that colony on LV 426. They re- later rename Acheron, uh, which means River of Pain, oddly enough. And uh, just kind of keep saying they know something's there. So they just keep sending these survey teams out, uh, the wildcatters, to try to find what they can. And it's not until the narcissists pick up that they go, oh, Here's exactly where the derelict is, what they, they found. They
1: have a canon series of books. Actually, one of them is called River of Pain, where they yeah, discuss that, where Ripley wasn't just floating for 57 years. Like, she was <laughs> awakened, but her memories have been erased somehow. Yeah, that's in uh,
3: out, of, uh, out of the Shadows, the yeah. first out of that trilogy. Yeah, it's there's a whole adventure stuck in between, and that's, that's where the whole uh, Ash being uploaded into the Narcissus and continuing on his mission for Weyland-Yutani comes from. Yeah, and that's why she has so much distrust towards Bishop, you, you know, especially uh, when they're first,
1: uh, you know, coming out of the stasis uh, on the Sulaco. and she's like, "You didn't tell me any, there would be any androids on board," you yeah. know. And then Burke goes on to explain, you know, the incidents that she had with uh, with Ash on the Nostromo. So, uh, but then she, you know, kind of has a, a a second heart.
2: Uh, Bishop really proves himself. Yeah. To her. She yeah. threw, they throw us that yeah. curveball where we're all waiting for that betrayal moment with Bishop, mm-hmm. and it never comes. Yeah. Right. He's a solid soldier. Yep. Yeah. That's great. And Lance Henderson is the shit. Oh. He's amazing. amazing.
0: He's so great. He was worried about that role because at that point there had already been two significant uh, androids in films, um, but human-like droids, Rucker Hauer. Um, and Blade Runner. Blade Runner, and then I forget what. What the other one was. Well, it but... would have
2: been in the first Alien. I guess, yeah, there you go. Thank yeah. you. Well,
0: <laughs> well, he was
1: pretty much ready to, to give up acting if this you know, movie didn't land at that
0: point. It know? worked out pretty good for him. He yeah. was in a few more, right? Yeah. Well,
2: right after this, him and Jeanette Goldstein and Bill Paxton went and shot Near Dark. Another uh, uh, killer vampire Bigelow movie. Bigelow film, yeah. amazing. And yeah. she went on to go do Point Break, which was another yep. amazing film
1: which yep. you guys already covered on here. Yes, we have. That would have been your
0: pick, wasn't
1: it? That would have been... Now nah, this one was number one. Uh, Mad Max would have been number two. That was probably number three on the list. The original Mad Max? Uh, original Mad okay. Max, yeah. I love The Road Warrior, you know, Mad yeah. Max 2. But uh, my dad first showed me Mad Max, so it's more sentimental that sort of Mad on left film. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and that that film alone... Was so ahead of its time. I'm a huge George Miller fan. I loved Fury Road. Some people trashed it because no, Mel Gibson amazing. wasn't in it. Fuck that. <laughs> but, I was like, yeah.
2: Tom I don't, Hardy crushes it.
1: Yeah. I, I don't care what the naysayers have to say about you know any sequels. or, I mean, a lot of people thought it was a remake. I was like, it's not really a remake. It's kind of a re- reimagination. In a sense, you go into Furiosa. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anya Taylor Joy and George Miller, I'm in. I saw Fury Road at Horton Plaza. Or uh, was it Horton Plaza? Uh, what's that one in Mission Valley, kind of uh, where, where Joe's Crab Shack is? Uh, they had these like interesting theater seats that uh, were like 40. And they would rumble in certain scenes and you had like speakers in the headrest and, and the air would whoosh out at you. Well, oh, the hazard, gas lamp? Hazard, center. hazard Hazard center. Hazard center. center. Yeah. Hazard that's center, that's what center it is. Yes. some of those yes. Yes. 4D yeah. chairs. Rumb, yes. Rumble seats yeah. or whatever yep. they would call it. Yeah. Hazard center.
0: Yeah. I've done that once. I don't remember what movie it was. but That was the only time I ever
1: went and saw a film like that. And man, that was really cool. It's like
2: a ride for the whole movie. Yeah. And the movie was a big hit. I mean, it wasn't just that it was a hit you know it made eight, or 18 million to make it it made 85 in the US and 131 around the world but it was a it was a sci-fi action movie that hit the oscars it had seven oscar nominations mm-hmm. including sigourney weaver for best actress yep. and it won two for uh, sound effects editing and visual effects that was astonishing at that time True. those kind of movies were not given uh, that run yeah. those were popcorn movies you know the, if you think the oscars are snooty now Good Lord! In the '80s, they were unbelievably stuck up, and the fact that this movie got what it did was this them bending the knee and, and acknowledging it. That sure. like this guy's the shit, and I think maybe this is the moment where George Lucas kind of passes the baton to you know that James Cameron is now the sci-fi guy. Sure, I mean because he just went on and crushed it from there.
1: Have you yeah. watched that that uh, docu series where like Steven Spielberg? James Cameron, George Lucas, they all sit down and talk about their love of sci-fi films. And they I'd love to watch they that. They go, uh, I'll have to look up the name. Yeah. I can't think of it off the top of my head. It came out a few years ago, but it was really cool because they go in different sections. Like, if you look at, like, James Cameron uh, and Steven Spielberg, they have, like, a uh, and Ridley Scott, they have a love for AI and, and Android. So there's a whole episode that specifically just talks about that. And then they talk about, like, Aliens and then they talk about this and that and, and whatnot and it's just it's just really cool to see, you know, all your heroes, yeah, <laughs> filmmakers sitting there talking to each other, exchanging their opinions on things. It was just it was awesome to see that. Um but yeah. Uh I'm stoked that I gotta see aliens in the big screen. I wanna see it again. I just watched it last night, so I can have a refresher on everything. I watched original version because uh, i've seen the special edition so many times and i already know those scenes like
2: that which i wanted to get right to that which scene is your absolute favorite scene in the film absolute favorite scene in the film if uh, you just had to pick just one, ooh, it's tough because i've got a few too but probably
1: where they, they first encounter the aliens and all the, that the siege yeah the siege
2: the original siege. yeah i yeah, agree the original siege scene was they just lose half the squad so well
1: done because like that that tension building up you know uh Hudson's, the trackers, yeah.
2: Hudson's tracker you, there's barely a soundtrack in that moment. Yeah. It's Hudson's tracker is the soundtrack to the moment, beep, and beep, that beep, beeping beep, is haunting. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, and the more it gets, uh, you know, higher pitched, just the more the tension winds, and it's just fantastic. I love when they
0: look through the grates where they, re, you know, they realize they're going. through the Well, that's the, the later one. That's is the second one? siege. Okay. Yeah,
2: the original siege when they all first go in, then they first find that woman with the chest burst sure, and all sure. that. That scene right there is gnarly. That's my favorite too, because half the team gets wiped out there. Yeah. That's that that was a pivotal scene. And then you're like, okay, what
1: are they gonna do now? Half half of the team's gone. Uh, and then probably my, my
2: second favorite
1: scene in the film is the face off with the when you see the queen for the first time. Yep. And you're like, oh shit! Like yeah. this is one big Ripley's bad got. Bitch. The,
2: Ripley's got the stunt Newton that's just like a plastic figure, so she wouldn't have to carry it around all day. And yeah, yeah. There's a there's a model I, I they had on that.
0: her. In that scene, you can. I love tell. when she's setting up all the guns and duct taping the weapons together. Oh, when she climbs onto the elevator, doing all this stuff. Holy shit! For when, it, I'm like, when
2: she's going down that elevator, the music. Yeah. The way she's. You know, and she's ammoing still up. Her, like, and, why didn't
0: she do that? But oh, it's iconic.
2: Yeah. It's that's the moment Ripley is the fucking badass. Like, that's the moment she goes next level. You're like, we're with her, but that's the moment where she's like, no, I'm going in. I'm taking this mother out. I'm getting them my child. And you notice when they get, you know, when they when she saves her, she calls her mommy. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I heard it's, that. It's yeah. kind of yeah. under the radar, but
2: she yeah.
1: It's a subtle mention, yeah, yeah. But that, I love
0: when Bishop gets ripped in half.
1: Well, that that that, that scene uh, with the power loader. You know, uh, one thing I wanted to mention about the power loader, uh, which is interesting, is a lot of companies after the film came out were fooled and thought the power loader was real, and, and all
0: wanted to buy one. The power loader, that that whole scene with her in that is get just away amazing. from her, you
1: bitch yes. finally somebody said it yes. Then somebody, somebody had let,
0: to that say line it. the girl says when she's talking about the aliens and i swear that that has been reused in pop culture where she goes they mostly come out at night mostly, mostly. <laughs> yeah
2: or game over man yeah. game over i love why don't you put her in charge
0: Pop <laughs> cult, that stuff that happens these people write these things and they just get embedded in your brain like Bill Paxton, li- he ad-libbed some of that. You got to give him credit. Some of his lines were straight ad-lib. He's, that's, he, he's just such a natural play in that guy. I mean, over the top. And he realized, I think he was a little bummed, but I think he, he began to realize that he's like the comedic relief, ultimately, for that whole... He's amazing. Uh, on, uh, the,
2: on the cast commentary, I mean, Michael Beans there talking, he's talking, Vasquez, they're all there. Mm, yeah. He is always the one on the commentary saying the funny thing that cracks yeah. everybody up. Yeah. He's just that guy. So sad, man. He. Yeah, that he passed away. Yeah, what did he... He was like 61, cancer? had a heart attack or something. It was
1: complications after surgery, and he was supposed to have a full recovery, and then something happened. And, and you
2: really and felt it he when passed. he passed away. There were a lot of stars that spoke out. Yeah. I think a little more than usual. And I think he was just one of those guys that was really popular. I he, earned he stripes. gave a lot of
0: himself. He just yeah. seems like the guy you wanted to hang out with. Yeah, He'd be that fun dude. Because him and Michael Bean hung out all, all the time, yeah. I think, during the yeah. filming. They hung
2: out with the cast of Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> they were filming on the other side of the lot. <laughs> That's right. And they were Marines in the movie. So they had
0: that thing going on. Like- yeah, great era in filmmaking and great movie.
1: Yeah, and, and he was starting to make uh, a comeback. He had Training Day, that that sequel TV series that he was starring in. Oh, Big Love. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
2: he was doing well. And Big Love. He, yeah. he lo- you know, I, uh, they let him personalize their armor, and he had his wife's name, Louise, oh,
0: on yeah, his armor. Oh yeah, that's right. They
1: let all of them do, yeah, that Michael them do something. Michael Bean was bummed
0: because he didn't get to customize his armor because because he was a replacement, so he had to use it didn't the armor either, for the, the other actor. Because Remar's is a bigger guy. Yeah, but he had to wear that armor, and it.
2: It didn't look quite like it fit, but he had the lock and the the heart on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super, super and then fun Vasquez adventure. Had like, oh man, what was? Do you know what that one was? That Vasquez, she had a Spanish phrase written on her gun.
3: I have to look it up real it quick. I can't like, remember off the top of my head.
2: Risk lives or something like that. Translated, like basically, if the person who takes the risk lives, like it's basically what she's saying with that phrase on the side of her gun. But
3: Eric with another producer's note, what it said on Vasquez's armor was El riesgo siempre vive, which means risk always lives.
2: Uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Like I loved how they let him do that. Because that that once again, going to the Vietnam thing, you know, they were this was a mirror of what he's writing about in Vietnam, and so the troops there did that stuff.
0: They did something with the 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 troops, the, the soldiers where they were they did some training and hung out together yep. separate from the other people. To create that camaraderie mm-hmm. and that that thing—the wake-up so. scene is the final scene they shot. Yeah, because, because
1: they, they they wanted to show that camaraderie. Yeah, all the months of filming
2: they did. Yeah, yeah. Which and then really the cool. the first scene they shot was where they the one we talked about is our favorite mm-hmm. when they first go in and get ambushed. Yeah, that was the very first thing they shot the first day. Yeah,
1: like most films, it was all shot out of sequence, you know. But Cameron
2: is just so
1: strategic with his filmmaking and the way he shoots things and. Everything from the cinematography angles to the writing, direction, just everything about Cameron is just awesome with that film. I mean, I can't think of one inconsistency out of that film. Not one that I didn't like. There's not one single thing. I went and watched it last night and hoping to see something like a flubber, a flaw that I... I didn't like, or maybe I like a boomstick <laughs> shadow or something. Not, I am nothing.
0: fascinated by the cigarette ashes. Did you notice any of the cigarette ashes? Michael Bean is doing his thing, and he's prepping or something. There's an ash on his cigarette that looks like it's a quarter inch Ripley's long. Ripley's got a long one, too. she had a oh, long one, too. Oh, she's in the hospital, like, the, the hospital scene. Like, That's uh, probably the longest what? ash I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, and it's just <laughs> random, you know, like it's weird, okay, yeah. you know.
1: But hey. I want to know what happened to Jonesy, the cat. That's what I wanna know. They
0: left him on the spaceship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Hopefully he went to a good home.
0: That's so great to see that.
1: I thought it was Rad and Alien that joke- that she went out of her way, risked her life to save the fucking cat.
0: What if Jonesy was a flurkin? Actually, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> what? Sorry, that's a, that's a whole, whole Marvel little, little <laughs> dirt <laughs> shit from you.
1: <laughs> well, the, the cat is the same breed as Jonesy. is yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, that's true. That could be a new movie. <laughs> that the whole time that Jonesy was a flurkin, and they can battle. The- Maybe that's why the
1: alien didn't attack Jonesy.
0: Do you think there's more films ever coming? Fede Alvarez has one on the way.
2: (laughs) He's got one.
1: What
0: do you got, Eric?
3: Oh, yeah. Uh, Sula just said it. But, yeah, Fede Alvarez has a uh, movie working title, uh, Alien Romulus, coming out. And there's also a uh, a TV series coming to Hulu that's a show ran by Noah Hawley, who did Fargo series. Yep. And that's that's the first one that's going to be set on Earth. The closest we got to that was
1: an Alien Resurrection, where their escape ship is... Heading to
3: Earth. Yeah, and it, yeah. I mean, that kind of stuff was written in the comics with Earth War, Nightmare Asylum, uh, Female War, but apparently they're not following any of that. And I haven't heard any leaks about the premise or plot. I'm, I'm sure it'll be pretty similar to those. So I'm very, very curious to see what they do. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, well, originally in the Stromo and Alien was heading
1: to Earth. Yep. before carrying they ore. had to go, you know, take that diverted mission, which ended up badly for everyone except for Ripley.
0: Does Disney own the uh, rights to Alien yep. films now? Right? Yeah, they so do. So I'm waiting for the Disney Plus series to come, and maybe we get like a a Grogu like character. <laughs> oh God,
1: dear. Here Say, we go. Baby Grogu no. will,
0: <laughs> anyway, it is a Disney property now, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> so it could be a Disney well, Plus series. Well, you know, series. Spielberg and 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 George
1: Lucas in the um, you know last trilogy that Lucas did. Uh, Per agreement to uh, Spielberg, because he had a Yoda sequence in the movie ET, he made ET a race in Star Wars.
0: He made what? Eat the ETs uh-huh. a race. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. They're in the uh, in the big Congress. They're in one of the yeah. There's like a group of them. Yeah, yeah. eating Reese's pieces. Eating Reese's <laughs> pieces. By the bowls. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: So you oh. never know.
0: <laughs> Game over, man time to say goodbye it oh is. That, that that
1: crash sequence was the best <laughs> when he's terrific. freaking out
0: that was where we build the fire and sing some songs
2: <laughs> <laughs> paul reiser hey, got that one out yeah <laughs> yeah and, and uh, i mean
1: like you said earlier paxton ad-libbed most of yeah. his lines in that f- film he was yeah. just he's just a genius when it came to acting
0: yeah. it really is fun to see actors in their first roles before they become yeah. a standout and that it goes back to movies I watch in the 50s and 60s and, and, and any other old film, and you see these people that then go on to be the leading men, and the leading women. And you're like, oh, wow, look at them in a in a BC yep. level role, you know, being the everyman. But yeah, Aliens is definitely a, a mind fuck, the whole premise and whole concept. Uh, the, 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 the face hugger, I have nightmares about that. I have a nightmare about something bursting out of my chest. These are probably the most horrific things that I could ever imagine happening. On Covenant,
1: we got to see how, you know, that was all created, which was, you know, pretty cool. I like how Ridley Scott went back to the origins of that. And we almost did get to see Ripley come back for a a reprisal. They were going to basically erase Alien 3. Thank God. (laughs) Uh, The guy that did uh, Chappie. um, I can't remember the director.
2: Is it Noah Blum? I blom Bloom Camp, Bloom Camp, Neil Bloom Camp, Neil Bloom Camp, yes, yes, Nine guy. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, that
1: guy. Uh, when they were filming Chappie, because Sigourney Weaver was in that film, presented her with some ideas, like a treatment that he had made, and she was so impressed with it uh, that she said, I'll, "I'll do it," and they they signed on to do it. And went in the early pre-production stages, and then I don't know what happened. You know, so it just weird never that came
0: band die is. They're the main actors and they're they're in like that. Chappie. Yeah. I thought they're they the did They're the mother great. and father of Chappie or whatever in the yeah. film.
2: They've just been since canceled.
0: Yeah, majorly canceled. <laughs> uh, we're not canceled. We keep it family-friendly here for the most part, don't we, Graham? We try. <laughs> Except when we're talking about Payton Dicks and stuff.
2: <laughs> yeah, we drop a couple F-bombs here and there, you know.
0: Uh, <laughs> and that. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Tulo, Dicks. any authentic sellout shows coming up? Well, uh, you'll be painting dicks? <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, but I'm sure I'll be calling someone a dick. <laughs> uh,
0: no shows coming up for uh, Yeah, for the yeah King? we got
1: the Toy Drive show. Oh, Toy Drive? That, that, uh, I'm Am having I still helping books and book some bands? Of course. I want to get you on that. More involved this year. So, we have our annual Toy Drive. This is our second year doing the event for it. Our fourth year overall doing our rock and roll Christmas Toy Drive. So, what we do is we raise money uh, for the less fortunate. It's very similar to uh, Toys for Tots. We also have toy boxes that select businesses and at our event. And uh, then we take the money and and shop like a Toys R Us kid and have the time of our lives doing it and try to fill up as many shopping carts as we can and drop it off at a church we work with in Barrio Logan, Our Lady of Guadalupe. And then uh, actually... On January 6th of this year, we got invited back for the Three Kings Celebration Day and got to give out all the toys to the kids. So we just actually put out uh, an episode on our web series called Sellout TV, recapping all of that. Uh, So if you want to check it out, log on to our Authentic Sellout YouTube channel and go under our Sellout TV uh, series. It's our latest episode that we just put out. And the date of the event is? Saturday, December 2nd, which is also the same day as the OB, uh Holiday Parade. So our event is at Winston's, which is right there yeah. on the corner of Newport. And it's going to be a matinee show from 1 to 6 p.m. And my good friend Tim Piles over here is going to help me book the bands and be the host with the most. How much do you love The King? How much do I love Elvis? Yes, I was like, are you asking me how much I love myself? Or, <laughs> yeah, is well, that a, that a rhetorical question—that is kind of funny.
0: <laughs> you are Sulo King. That's a that's a Scandinavian name. What is your background? You're my my Finnish? grandfather was
1: named Sulo, so it's a Finnish name, the Scandinavian name, like you said. Yeah, it actually translates. Uh, if you Google it, it means grace or charm, depending on how you use it. Uh, it's not even that common of a name found in Finland. Uh, but if you come across a fellow Finn, they'll recognize that Sulo is a, a Finnish name.
0: Very nice. Yeah. Well, we know you love Elvis, and
1: I do. Elvis is. How many name.
0: times have you seen the Elvis film?
1: A uh, handful of times. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's Great. I, it's I a good it. one. I, I love it too. Well, you know, a highlight for me is Baz Luhrmann liked my Instagram post that I did oh. right after I saw the, the film. Nice. I, I even screenshot it because I was like... I'm a bit Baz Luhrmann fan. I think yeah. he did a... a fantastic. Amazing oh, job. Over the top. Amazing Perfect. job. And Austin Butler has this new film coming out. The Bike uh, Riders. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of Tom a, Hardy. Kind of a stupid name for a, a bike movie like that, but... It's a dumb name, but I saw the trailer the it other day. It looks badass. It looks pretty yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be there. And I'm glad because... You know, I thought Austin Butler—that was his big breakout role—and then all of a sudden, like radio silence, like nothing. You don't hear anything about him. Yeah. You know, like three months after the film is done. He
0: could very easily be a victim of typecasting. That's the problem. I really there. hope yeah. not, because you know,
1: I was a little standoffish the at first. The problem is, he didn't when really he... look much like Elvis. Yeah. Uh, there was a, a TV series called *Sun uh, Records*, and the kid that played Elvis in that is. An actual musician and was a spitting image of the king. I I, I think he should have portrayed him. Uh, Drake Milligan, uh, Milligan or something like that. Uh, anyways, I but Austin Butler, he he won me over after watching the yeah. film, and he actually sang a lot of the songs. And I
0: himself. just had an issue with him like carrying on like it, it was weird because the lines were blurred and you couldn't tell if he's being yeah. himself anymore angela or if bassett st- kind of called him out still on it she was like Elvis. you're not playing the role anymore oh, yeah.
1: afterwards yeah he couldn't yeah. like break out of that, kinda, like, that character yeah. he's just
0: played into it a lot but nothing wrong with that nothing wrong with yeah, that talk about a method actor shit what did sigourney weaver do right after this film after aliens yeah oh, the gorillas ghostbusters and the Mist, had already probably? come out right 84 that was out yeah. already yeah, yeah right. ghostbusters was, already a-
2: was around then I think
1: you you might be right, Gorillas of the Mist. That that. was a great film, too. I think Sigourney Weaver is an amazing actress. She's terrific.
0: we got a lot of movies to get to on this show in the long Mm. list, and I guarantee I will not allow him to put another film we've already watched. This is going on for years, so we got to put at least a three-year limit for any film Uh, can return. No. I'm excited about (laughs) Alves coming up for our holiday one. Which one is he doing? Well, we're, we're working on it. We're nailing it down. We already know the movie. Well, maybe we don't. He might change it. But thank you, Sulo King of Authentic Sellout. And thank you for all your years and support. For me, I've had so many great experiences at your Icon Sound Studios. We've brought some amazing bands in there. Um, some of my favorite include a band called uh, The Horrors, of course, T-S-O-L, La Butcherette's, Idols was something we did there. We had a lot of fun doing stuff associated with the new music show I did at 91X. And thank you so much for the support of that and that opportunity.
1: Thank you, and we got plenty more to come, and I eventually want to help you bring back the Pile Sessions. There
0: we go. I like it. In the meantime, tell all your friends about Soundcheck Flicks and let us know what your favorite movie is. Maybe we'll see you at a movie.
3: Hey, guys, it's producer Eric. Let's dive further into spooky season with next week's flick, Halloween 3. Tune in to see who our special guest is.